brought to you by the letters N-P-C-A. That's right, we're back with another acronym and another guest doing significant work for the betterment of our community. Among their ambitious principles and goals, today's guest is also responsible for connecting people with the simple joys of escaping into nature and providing them with abundant opportunities to get out, get active, and appreciate the diversity of our outdoors. The Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority are tireless stewards of the natural resources, making our region a unique treasure for all to enjoy. So what exactly does a conservation authority focus on? How do they impact our communities? What recreational experiences do they offer? Today, we are joined by Rebecca Hall, Manager of Business Planning and Public Relations for the Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. If you have a favorite outdoor activity or seek a new adventure, let's get back to nature and discover what's up, Welland. Today, we are joined by Rebecca Hall, Manager of Business Planning and Public Relations for the Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming to What's Up Welland and joining Mark and I. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk a lot about uh, NPCA with both of you. So, NPCA, Letters, Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. We know where you operate. What is the full scope? How far does your uh, your reach extend? And what does conservation authority mean? Okay. Um, I can certainly say that uh, our main office is in uh, the city of Welland. Um, it is located on Thor- Thorold Road, I think is the location. Um, we're where Service Canada is as well. So we've been, I think, with uh, Welland for quite some time. So our, our home base is here. And then in regards to our jurisdiction, it doesn't really necessarily relate to municipal boundaries. It's more specific to watershed boundaries. So it's all of the Niagara region, 20% of the city of Hamilton, and I think 20% of Haldeman as well. So that makes up the jurisdiction. When we refer to a watershed, we're referring to the land that drains into certain watercourses. So in particular for the NPCA, it's related to Niagara River, the uh, Welland River, as well as uh, we're a little unique in terms of other conservation authorities where we also drain into Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Um, in terms of what a conservation authority does, basically I like to consider it a, a like a community-led natural resources management agency. What does that mean? It means we take care of the land and the water, and we do it in a way that is collaborative, um, engaging, and works not only with uh, the municipalities, but our stakeholders and partners as well. Uh, so, Rebecca, if you have a, a 20% presence in Hamilton, do conservation authorities um, bump up against each other? Is it your boundary then comes into someone else's or are there expanses that are not necessarily covered by a, a conservation authority? That's a good question. Basically, there's 36 conservation authorities across all of Ontario. I think that's what makes Ontario unique is we actually have these conservation authorities that help take care of our natural resources, such as land and water. Um, but uh, we basically would then share with uh, TRCA, would be the Toronto Region Conservation Authority, Halton and Hamilton would be another one. Um, and then we also have some partners as well uh, across the river, Niagara River, um, with uh, some other programs like the Remedial action plan where we'd also work with the United States. So you've talked a little bit about what the MPCA does in terms of, you know, its overarching um, scope and, and responsibilities. 
How much changes from year to year in terms of what you're focusing on? Does it change based off of uh, the seasons, uh, any amount of maybe precipitation you get year to year, or, or is everything kind of pretty cyclical for the work that you do? Uh, I would say it is. I think what changes, though, is, is obviously uh, were impacts on the weather. So if the weather has, say, we have higher levels of water throughout the winter season, then that would mean that we might have more chances for flooding. So that's why one of our mandates is flood and hazard management. Um, and then as well as there's certain times that are good for certain things. Like if you want to go camping in one of our conservation areas, you're going to want to do that in the summer for the most part. Uh, that being said, we have ice fishing in the winter. So we have a number of actual activities that are seasonal. In terms of the work, it all depends on also uh, the season in regards to say when it's a good time to do community planting. So for example, in 2021, we planted over 60,000 trees. We did most of that in the spring because you don't want to plant trees in the middle of the summer or the winter because then the viability of them actually taking root would not happen. Um, so I think that that's kind of a, a good way to explain it. And then, of course, uh, one of our concerns with uh, our strategic plan that we've developed is also the impacts of climate change. And that will also have a long-term effect on the work we do. That little nugget, climate change. I know, the buzzword of the day. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's good, though. It's good that, you know, it's it's been obviously discussed and, and implemented uh, through the MPCA and 60,000 trees is uh, certainly nothing to discuss. That's a lot of that's a lot of yeah. trees being yeah. planted in a a small in a spring. We do. <laughs> exactly. So, Rebecca, I had the just in getting ready for the episode, I had the pleasure of digging into some of your website, what the NPCA does, and I know you now you can tell us more about source water protection mm-hmm. being one of your big focuses. What is that, and how are you doing this? What do people need to know about either? tips they can do themselves or just in general what how do they help you help us basically have safe drinking water um i think it's one of our important programs and services that we have i think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is when you turn your tap on and you get the water that's coming out of your tap there's so many steps that get to that point of it being safe and viable for drinking water um what are some of the steps that we are doing um from an npca's perspective is talking to landowners about the what they do on their land and how it impacts uh, what you do on the land impacts what you do on the water i think you can kind of go back to like grade two when you're talking about the water cycle and learning about how it's all connected and how it all cycles through. That's pretty much a simple version of what source water protection is all about. It's about making sure that uh, we're being aware of the work that we do on our land and how it impacts the water quality and the resources that we have throughout Niagara Peninsula watershed. You'd mentioned camping. You'd mentioned ice fishing. Um, for anybody who enjoys those activities, they find them incredibly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never ice fished, but I, I do camp and I love it. What are some of the other things that the MPCA offers in terms of, you know, those outdoor activities. Um, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but mm-hmm. let's hear a little bit more about some of the activities the MPCA offers. Um, yeah, I think one of the things I'm really surprised by when I started at MPCA is that we have 41 conservation areas. I was like, that's a huge amount. Now, that being said, a lot of them are passive use, which basically means they're really open for hiking and mm-hmm. uh, bird watching, photography, things like that, more of the passive use. And then we also have four flagship parks, um, which basically means those are key areas uh, that you can go and actually do more of those recreation activities like boating, swimming, kayaking, camping. Um, 
um, hiking. We have a number of really interesting projects that are on the works too. So for example, Cave Springs, we're about to do some uh, renovations and updates to that. It's a very specific, uh, historically significant area um, that actually has a, a, a gorgeous it's a little treacherous <laughs> walk up across the escarpment. So if you really like uh, doing hiking and you like to see those viewpoints, that's definitely a, a must-see. Uh, in Welland, there's not really a lot of conservation areas, but we do have E.C. Brown, which is about 10 minutes away. Uh, that's more, uh, it has a water source, so you can kind of do like, a, I guess, non-motorized boating can be happening there. Um, and there's a lot of wildlife. So, for example, we had staff working there last week, and we had, I think they saw four blue herons. So oh, it just wow. gives you an idea of, uh, you know, just it was a small little snapshot of what can be seen if you go to these mm-hmm. really special, in my opinion, special places that are in your own backyard. So you've got, you said 41 conservation area mm-hmm. sites within mm-hmm. Niagara. Do you have a favorite? I, I really like Cave Springs. Um, I think I've only been here about nine months at the NPCA. I've been working with conservation authorities for quite some time, but the NPCA is specific. Um, Cave Springs was really special. It was one of the first hikes I was uh, taken through with our manager of conservation parks. Um, they have like some really neat um, like carvings into the actual uh, stonework and such. So I think it's really kind of a, a special location. Um, and of course, I love Balls Falls. I mean, that's where we have our weddings. That's where we have the Thanksgiving festival. Um, and that's where we have a lot of historical buildings. Um, and what I really like is we have a lot of volunteers that are part of that, pro- uh, part of that particular conservation area. And I love just learning about uh, what they're interested in and the history of uh, the area as well. So you've been with the NPCA for nine months. Mm-hmm. Amongst yourself or amongst your team, is there a favorite time of the year that you know people flock to our conservation areas? I'm partial to the fall, but just do you know that there's a in-demand time that people either get out to the, the areas or that you would recommend they get out to the areas? Mm. Um, I think we can certainly say the pandemic has really impacted the amount of use that we've seen uh, and the importance of nature, uh, particularly during these past two years. Uh, so I would say that we've had like, I think over 90,000 visitors last year alone. Wow. Uh, those peak times really are summer and definitely fall. I would say those are like the two key areas. Um, but I am surprised how much use we get during winter as well. I think because there's just so much to do. And like I said, you can be here for a really long time and still not be able to hit all of the hidden gems that there are in the NPCA. Wow. Um, so the work that the NPCA does, uh, you know, obviously it benefits us today, but it also sets up a sustainable future um, with our natural environments. What can you tell us about maybe any of the success stories or things that you've seen and, and granted, you know, with the NPCA only be nine months, but, you know, working with conservation authorities uh, for a long period of time. Are there any particular stories that stand out or memories that stand out for you that, that really kind of drive home the importance of conservation authorities? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't think we would be where we are. Any conservation would be where we are without uh the, I think the support of the community and the partners that we have. So I would say that most of the success stories or most of the things I'm proud of is the fact that we've partnered with a, a number of different people to do the work we do. So for example, um, there's a, an area in uh, Two Mile Creek where uh, the Emerald Ash Borer just basically took out all of the trees. Um, and the community rallied together and we tried to work with them in terms of helping them understand the importance of 
trying to clear the trees. Unfortunately, it's not a pretty process. So it, you have to be willing to, uh, be aware of the time and the commitment that it takes to see change happen, and it's particularly on our landscape. So that would be a good example of where we worked with the community. And then just recently, we just did uh, tree planting. So to kind of recover the loss that we had in that particular area. Um, I think the other thing that's really special, I don't really want to say it's a success story, but what's really neat about this area in particular, we're part of the Carolinian life zone, which uh, I'm trying not to make it into this big thing, but it's really a special area like we have 70 species of trees alone that are really uh, unique to this particular area we have seven species that are considered special and um, actually at risk so for example the jefferson salamander i'm sure a lot of people know about that um, so i think that that's really what a large majority of our work is about it's not just doing the work on the ground but it's actually building the seeds, you know, putting the seeds mm. in the ground for tomorrow. I think one of my favorite sayings is about that idea of, uh, you know, the meaning of life is planting a tree, but not expecting to sit under it. I think that's really a good way to encapsulate the work that we do as NPCA. We're really doing work that's going to lay a good foundation for a sustainable future. I think that's what's really key. So if people are interested in learning more about conservation, there's an importance here. It's something that we are doing it today and it's going to benefit who comes tomorrow. Mm -hmm. How can people learn more? What should they, where should they go? What can they do to know more about what you're doing? And if possible, support. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can always visit npca.ca. Uh, we have a number of different um, opportunities to volunteer, for example, like I mentioned, the community planting. We have over 1,600 volunteers currently uh, with the NPCA, um, and we grew by 100 just in the past year. So there are lots of opportunities to get out, to be involved. Like I mentioned, at Balls Falls, there's uh, opportunities to do interpretive tours and become involved with uh, some of the events and the children's activities as well. We have educational programming, so you can send your kids out for day camps. It's so nice to see all the kids out. In fact, my daughter's working there this summer so I'm I mean it's a full family thing for us um, and then I think uh, you can also uh, support uh, the foundation the foundation does a lot of uh, um, raises funds to do the, some of the work in terms of conserving uh, the areas and providing um, opportunities for the public to still access our properties I think that's really key um, and then I think we just, we also have a number of opportunities for you to just come out. So we have Nature Plus passes, so you can join and come every year. Um, and then just get out and step into nature and just enjoy the natural spaces that uh, you have access to in this great area. So just a, a question for you, I guess, well, we've only asked questions for you, so kind of redundant statement, but nonetheless, um, would you say it's accurate that the majority of people probably aren't aware of everything their conservation authority offers them, whether it's here in Niagara or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fairly common theme. I think a lot of people think that we uh, are just pushing paper. And it's really not that. We do restoration work. We do rehabilitation on the land. Uh, we work with landowners in regards to discussing water quality and, and ways that you can have best management practices on the work, you know, the land that you own. 
Um, I think that there's uh, a number of ways to be actively involved, but I think it's really hard at times to really know the, what we do. So that's why we invite people to come out and learn about what we do and, and not only visit our website, but actually like our CAO, she takes calls, right? Like I think everyone's very accessible and uh, we're all proud of the work we do in uh, the Niagara Peninsula area. And, and the reason I ask that is because, you know, one of the things, you know, Paul and I have discussed many times is with this you know, little podcast that we have is, is for us to explore what's here in, in Welland, but also in Niagara, uh, but also to share with people, you know, some services and programs and industries and, um, you know, places like the MPCA where they may have heard the acronym and it may ring familiar, but they may not have any idea what they actually do. So mm-hmm. we're, we're happy to, uh, you know, help kind of share and spread that message. So um, I know Paul's got one more question, but just, um, you know, before we kind of move on, is there anything else you would like to share with people to say, hey, this is, you may not know this, but this is what the MPCA does. Open, open floor. <laughs> Um, I think, I think going beyond recreation is just talking more about the, uh, opportunities to really get out there and learn about the the area you live in. I mean, I know we talk about learning in your own backyard, but that's really what it's about. It's about being able to uh, work with our staff to get out there and plant trees and to help, uh, you know, um, uh, take care of uh, the environment. One of the things I'm most proud of is just in the past two weeks, we have a, a particular invasive species that's happened in um, I think it's just outside the Welland River uh, and it's uh, called uh, what is it called European wet water, water chestnut, chestnut. Yeah. and we had this great event where we just said hey we're going to come out and pull and uh, we have uh, students that are helping for the summer to pull this invasive species out of the water do you want to come and join and we ended up having 100 people join and oh, wow. uh, help just you know put their boats in the water and pull the the invasive species I mean you go oh, okay well that's only one little thing that we did but it's an example of uh, just how we want to inspire others to have conservation-led actions in their community. That's really what we're about. So before I get to our penultimate question, um, what you just said sort of played into what I was going to ask earlier. Um, So the European water chestnut that is Mm -hmm. being addressed, who comes up with that idea or who comes up with the inspiration? Is it an initiative of the NPCA or does the community recognize that there's a need that needs to be addressed and they come to you? And I guess what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you both work together, you both get a result, but is it always one starting you first or the community first or... Um, I think it's a, a combination of both. I would say for this example, it was actually the Invasive Species Center. So we've partnered with them and they've said, well, we've noticed that this is happening. Um, do you want to partner with us this summer and do some of the work on the ground? And we were like, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that happens a lot where a number of uh, community members or uh, community groups will come to us and say, we're noticing this is happening. This is a trend that's happening. And then we work with uh, the community members to help address it. So I think it's, it's a lot of that but then I also think we have like I said a number of restoration staff that are out uh, we have a number of uh, other staff that are out on the ground doing water quality testing and monitoring so all of that comes into play too where you can actually take that data and that science and then it that it impacts the the work we do moving forward so Rebecca it is time for our favorite question okay Rebecca Hull 
Yeah. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Yes Absolutely. or no? <laughs> wow. Okay. It's a big thing in our family. So yes, and it's an ongoing debate. But for us, yes, I love pineapple on pizza. So debate in the family because you are in the minority or you're in the majority, or it's not even a question. Pineapple is landing on your pizza. Yeah, it's everyone. landing on our pizza. Absolutely. Yeah. My daughter has to pick them off. My eldest does. My youngest <laughs> eats all of it. So that's it's a win-win for the family. <laughs> all right. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for bringing the NPCA to What's Up Welland. And we appreciate this. We look forward to hosting you again in the future. That's great. Thanks for having me. It is time for us to bridge the gap. And Rebecca certainly gave us great information about the Niagara Peninsula Conservation Authority. My big takeaway was how agile the organization is when needs present themselves in the community that they can address, either through their volunteers, through partnerships with other agencies and organizations. In the case of the European water chestnut, It's not something that they necessarily had planned or mandated, but when that presented itself as something to be addressed, the NPCA was quick to act, and it keeps our community safe, healthy, and basically accessible for those of us to use and enjoy. Mark, what was your takeaway from everything Rebecca shared with us today? There was definitely a lot, but one of the things that kind of really struck home is that we have 41 conservation areas uh, that the NPCA oversees. Um, you know, so that's 41 places, whether it's more active or passive uh, enjoyment that people can get out and explore nature, whether that's uh, camping, fishing, hiking, um, bird watching, whatever it might be there, there's, uh, ample opportunity and ample space to get out there and enjoy it. And some of these places, like Rebecca mentioned, um, maybe aren't as well known as others. She mentioned Balls Falls. I think that's a really popular one that either by uh, sight or name, people would recognize it, but that still leaves 40 more conservation areas to explore. So um, lots of great things happening with the NPCA. Definitely check them out if you want to uh, get involved in any way, shape or form uh, and, uh, and, and find out more about everything that they're doing and how you can uh, participate in uh, you know, helping today's environment, but also uh, well into the future. So thank you again to Rebecca for joining us on What's Up Welland. As always, you can listen to past episodes at engagewelland.ca slash podcast. And you can also leave us ideas for future episodes. Um, let us know what you think about this, that, or the other thing. And of course, leave your vote on whether or not you like pineapple on your pizza. So until next time, we will catch you on What's Up Welland. What's Up Welland.